it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the Three Stars, presented by Tomahawk Nation. My name is Tim Allenball, and I am joined by two Tomahawk Nation experts on recruiting. They are Josh Pick and David Stout, and we're going to spend the next 20 to 30 minutes talking to you about the 2023 class. This is part two of three that we are recording back to back to back to give you as much coverage as possible leading into a huge recruiting weekend for Florida State. But before we get there, let's check in on the boys. David, last podcast, we heard how you were feeling uh, but how's the, how's, how's the pup? Oh, see, she, she's good. She's, uh, she's been my little nurse through this. She falls asleep on the job quite often. And her idea of, of treatment for me is belly rubs for her. But outside of that, she's, uh, she's hanging in there. She's super excited about this, uh, transfer and high school class for 2023. Awesome. David, glad that you are back with us. Josh, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, how are uh, things down, down, not as far south as David, but down south? Yeah, doing pretty well. Just if you haven't listened to the offensive class wrap up, go ahead and make sure to check that out wherever you listen to your podcast or on TomLockNation.com because uh, I think it's very informative. Definitely. So let's jump right into it. Uh, last podcast, we talked about Florida State's offensive side of the ball. Uh, as we said, we haven't had a, the time to catch up due to different c- circumstances. So we're kind of putting a bow on the 2023 class, the first podcast, we did the offensive side of the ball. Now we're going to jump to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and we are going to talk about both high school and transfer. So Florida State with the number 16 overall class, when you do combine both high school and transfers, uh, according to the composite rating. Uh, and when we talked about the offensive side last podcast, I think that was a that was an area where it was a lot of wins uh, for the recruiting uh 
the recruiting team. You, you saw the coaches really fill needs, whether it was through transfer or through high school. Uh, you could probably give them a checkbox in every spot. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I would argue that there are some misses, and we'll kind of address that as we go on. But, Josh, let's start with the safety room. Um, obviously, huge late late pool in Conrad Hussey out of, uh, out of down south at St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, a huge pool there. Um, credit to the staff, uh, able to flip him from Penn State and to keep him out of Miami. Uh, also credit to um, – uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. It's going to come to me. Oh, oh, Jason Taylor. There you go. Jason Taylor. Kudos to him that possibly helping Hussey come to Florida state even more. Uh, you, you've also got um, guys that could potentially be in the safety room or DB room. You got Quindarius Jones uh, and, and Kirkland. So Josh, let me start there. Your thoughts on the safety room. Yeah. I mean, kind of underwhelming to start with, but Conrad Hussey is an absolute all-star. Um, he may not start at Florida State his freshman season, but I would not be surprised at all if he's starting by his second season at Florida State. I think this kid is unbelievable, can play the play the run, can blitz, and, and can play on the back end in coverage. And just a smooth athlete, kick returner, uh, just an absolute steal from Florida State down the stretch. And and I think with the, with the new hire of Patrick Sertan, you're going to see more and more kids from South Florida, especially the defensive backroom coming to Florida State. Yeah, Josh, I, I think somebody that gets overlooked in this potential safety room is Quindarius Jones. Uh, we, we saw him get some praise from, I think it was Wilt Fong and a few others in that um, in the All-Star game that he participated in there. I, I think this is a kid that might surprise some, some fans that underrated, but potentially impact, not first year, probably second year or, or, or after that. Yeah, I think he's definitely underrated and um... – Credit to Marcus Woodson actually on this one because he's a Mississippi kid and I, that was Woodson's area and Woodson got him and I think this kid's highly underrated. He's he's a kid that he played safety at that Alabama Mississippi All Star game and one practice he had like three interceptions or something and, and and he doesn't even really know the safety position. I think when he comes into Florida State he's going to start out at at cornerback, but he's another kid as you mentioned he's versatile that could play safety if need be, but. He's, he's kind of someone that reminds me of like a Xavier Rhodes, maybe like just really long, yeah. athletic, fluid runner, flip the hips easily. I, I like Q quite a bit. Yeah, you, you never know how Florida State's going to handle these defensive backs. So it's kind of hard to put them in a bucket of safety or cornerback. So I know we're kind of merging here. David, I, I think as much as we want to give them praise for the late flip of Hussey, I think where we've seen a miss so far and maybe this will get answered later on in the transfer market is I think they need an experienced safety uh, and they were unable to get somebody to replace Jamie Robinson. You're exactly right, Tim. And, and I want to definitely give a good big shout out to KJ Kirkland. Um, really, really like him as a player. And actually I'm, I'm so pleased that both he and Quindarius were able to early enroll. I think that's going to really pay dividends for both of those boys coming down the pike and, you know, Kentucky was lurking there with Kirkland after they had already snatched away, you know, a previous target that FSU really, really wanted. I'm not even going to say his name, but um, KJ Kirkland loved the way he flies to the football and, and just really lays the wood. And I think he's somebody who he, he kind of almost reminds me in a way of like a Terrence Brooks, like somebody who he's never going to be the flashiest defensive back on the field, but good gracious is he's going to be reliable. 
Um, he's going to be the guy who does some of the dirty work and, and could very well have an NFL future because of it. Um, Quindarius um, Jones, I'm really excited to see what the coaches can do with him. He's a very exciting athlete. Um, if he develops the way we think he will, uh, Lane Kiffin and, and uh, well, not Mike Leach anymore, RIP, but um, who's their new coach at Mississippi State? Zach Barnett. Yeah, yeah, Barnett. Yeah, so, so uh, Lane and, and Barnett both are going to be like, how did we let this kid leave the state? Um, and, uh, but man, I, I got to jump on with Josh here. I, I really feel bad for Conrad Hussey because everybody was so much in their feelings about Falk flipping to Auburn, myself included, that it's almost like the same thing that happened last cycle when, when Hunter D committed, that's all anybody could remember and talk about, but yet they land Azaria Thomas and they land Julian Armella. And it's the same thing happened this time. You know, you lose a guy and it overshadows an enormous addition. And Conrad Hussey is an enormous addition. Um, he's someone that I agree, Tim, I, he, he's not going to be able to make the instant impact that you would ideally like to see. None of these guys are. But good gracious, Conrad Hussey, he's, he's going to be – I'm really excited to see what Adam Fuller can do with him in terms of football IQ – in terms of positional awareness, potential cross-training, whatever the case may be, because the, the sky is the limit for Conrad Hussey. And, you know, it's funny. We started hearing whispers about his name with FSU in, in kind of early fall, I think like late September-ish, early October. And you just kind of, at the time, you just kind of dismissed him. And you're like, yeah, okay, you know, STA kids, tough pull for Florida State anyway. And then it comes out that, well, wait a minute, they've been consistently communicating with him since the summer. Okay, we didn't know that. And then as you get further and further along, you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a chance here. Wait a minute, there's a chance here. If you get him on campus, you might flip, get him on campus. Oh, my gosh, this could really happen. And then sure enough, FSU wins the battle in the end where for a while, it, I mean, we thought he would go to Miami. We thought he'd stick with Penn State. Colorado was lurking, all this stuff. And, oh, buddy, Florida State won a jackpot there. So big ups one time for, for Conrad Hussey. I'm sorry you didn't get all the fanfare that you deserved um, during the National Signing Day extravaganza that we had. But uh, very, very excited for this edition. And at safety, to your point, Tim, I think this is our next kind of jumping off point. If there was one position that FSU is really on the lookout for in the transfer portal, it is going to be an immediate impact safety. Am I right? I think left tackle, safety, those are their two top ones when it comes to the transfer portal uh, when we, as we head into the spring, the spring opening of the portal again. I, I think another area that I don't think we'll see any additions after what they did in the transfer market, because if we're talking about the need for an instant impact safety, they got an instant impact cornerback in Pinchel Cypress. Uh, this was, this might be like the feather in the cap of Adam Fuller's recruiting here at Florida state. I mean, this was a huge pickup. Josh, I think you were one of the first people to note it in the recruiting thread because Fuller happened to leave his location on, on a tweet. Uh, showing that he was in Virginia. So I, I think probably one of the biggest impacts on the defensive side of the ball is going to be Cypress. Of course, you got Jabril Rawls and a, a guy that I think is a little bit underrated as well and Edwin Joseph. Do Cypress, what a, what a get for the staff. I and mean, when you're going head-to-head with 
the Ohio State's the world. I mean, just just an absurd poll. And and as you mentioned, major kudos to Adam Fuller because he spearheaded that recruitment. Um, just immediate number one starter, uh, and just allows you to do different things with that defensive backfield because all of a sudden you know you have a reliable number one no matter what. And and the one disappointment there is you haven't been able to yet at Florida State get that lockdown high school cornerback to come in and be an immediate impact guy. So so and 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 a name that we'll talk about maybe later. So maybe it'll happen. But um uh Edwin Joseph, another kid that's just underrated, a kid with a six six wingspan, like and a kid that just started playing defensive back this season. I think that's a really nice get for them. And and Jabril Rawls had a really nice, solid senior season, put up got some really nice tape on both sides of the ball and on special teams. So a, a, a nice defensive backfield. To your point, Josh, trying to land the top lockdown corner in the nation may not be wise currently with the way that uh, certain money has been thrown the last two cycles with a certain former Florida State alumni. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe Florida State targets like that second or third guy on the list of lockdown corners. Let's move forward uh, with the position that I think probably I feel like is a win in some areas, but not quite the, the biggest win. And that's the linebacker spot. Uh, Blake Nicholson, we both think is an amazing athlete, but Josh wants to jump in before I move over. It'll be interesting to see if Florida State continues to pursue Jaheim Singletary, um, cornerback transfer from Georgia. I just wanted to mention that because he entered the transfer portal in the last week and there's some ties to Florida State there. Florida State made his final six out of high school and and maybe Patrick Sertan can help out with Singleton. I mean, Singletary too, if, if Florida State does indeed pursue him. I was hoping that name would come up because yeah. when he first got in the portal, you know, you see him and you're like, all right, you know, not probably not much of a chance with Florida State. Then you come to find out who the new defensive backs coach is going to be. And all of a sudden you think to yourself, well, wait a minute. If, if there was going to be a name that Patrick Sertan could announce his presence on the recruiting trail and as a college football assistant head, assistant coach, this could be the guy. So absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because he is a name to watch carefully. And then we do know of one other name of a safety who uh, just finally, I guess officially, got to enter the transfer portal from Ole Miss, whose name is Tysheem Johnson. Yeah. Now, that's a very interesting name because, you know, we know that FSU may be in the market for an instant impact safety he is an instant impact safety. So we don't know if there has been official contact yet since he actually just got in the portal officially, but could be a name to watch moving forward. So for those of you who are still interested in transfer portal potential additions, those are two names right now that we definitely want to keep an eye on. And then there is almost certainly going to be another wave of defensive backs who enter after spring ball wraps up. Yeah, we'll definitely see what happens there because I think the overall point we've made, safety is probably the number one defensive priority um, when it comes to Florida State. Now, somewhere that I think all three of us have expressed that we wish Florida State would be more active in the transfer market is the linebacker position. While we we both very much like uh, Bethune and Deloach, we would like for them to have a solid backup, which is really hard to pitch the transfer. So which is why I think you're going to have to see them build this room from the high school level, uh, and, and they got a good one in Nicholson, who is just an all-everything type athlete with just unbelievable numbers, played pretty well in the um, 
the All-American All-Star Game, whatever it's called now. It's not the Army one. Um, but he, he led his team in tackles in that game in which the West got absolutely obliterated. Uh, and, and then also DeMarco Ward for the linebacker room. Josh, I want to go to you because I know you've kind of been big on Blake all year long. Yeah, I mean, just we've said it time and again, like this was an amazing get. Uh, major credit to Derek Ray, who's the GM of Florida State football and his connections there from his time out in Corvallis. And he's from that California area. Um, this, this is a kid that, again, is not going to start year one, but wouldn't be surprised at all if he's starting year two and making major contributions on special team in his first season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All yeah, right, I, I predicted it with one. I'm going to predict it with another. Blake Nicholson, by the time he's done at Florida State, is going to have multiple all-ACC titles to his name. He, I think he has a great chance at being in, in this year's defensive class. I think he has a very good chance at being the best player once, it, once it's all said and done and we can do a retrospective. I think he's going to be your MVP of this defensive class. He. His athleticism is is just remarkable. And when you look at his running back numbers, you're like, is this somebody who's just playing NCAA on PlayStation like this? Those kinds of numbers that he's tallying rushing wise. And you think to yourself, that's not even his best position. You know, it's it's he's truly a two way player. And, and, you know, I think what we've seen with DJ Lundy. Uh, where they'll bring him in in those smash situations on goal line. I think there's absolutely a future there with Blake Nicholson as well because he he knows the running back position inside and out. And so uh, major, major get, you know, we, we kind of gush over it, but it's warranted because he is that good. Um, but then again, you know, as you said, Tim, after that, it's it's – a little bit puzzling and that's not necessarily a shot against DeMarco Ward because I think DeMarco Ward has a good opportunity to be a fine football player, but you look at the class and and you think that, you know, ideally DeMarco Ward would be maybe your, your fourth linebacker that you took or, or maybe even third, but in a two man linebacker class, you know, it leaves a little bit to, to be desired there. And, and DeMarco, if you're listening again, this is not a shot on you personally and use this as motivation and and prove us wrong, but there's just a significant drop-off when you look at the high school linebacker recruiting over the past couple seasons. And, you know, maybe it doesn't hit them too hard this year because you still have your two studs patrolling the area. You've got DJ Lundy, 
You've got Omar Graham, who we absolutely love and, and think he's going to be a starter. But man, you know, it's almost like you're, you're looking at this position group and you're seeing, is this going to be the tight end room of next year where they're going to have to go in and really sell out for some studs in the transfer portal? Because, you know, the guys they're bringing in from, from high school, just, I don't know, man. And I know that Fuller's scheme doesn't really call for a ton of linebacker depth, but once those injuries hit, I, it's worrisome. Yeah, and, and and the best thing I'll say about Ward is that he had a solid senior, senior season, but also nice that Florida State was able to get him in super early. They got him in for bowl practice. So just that extra time being with the program definitely can help. And then the one other linebacker that they seemingly are still looking at is uh, three-star linebacker Dylan Brown-Turner from Dallas, Texas. And I'm not really sure what's going on there because he's a North Texas commit and not doesn't seem like a ton of other programs are interested in him. So I'm not really sure. Florida State's truly looking to add another high school linebacker, and if that would be happening in February. Randy Shannon special. We'll see what happens there. Uh, let's jump to the defensive end. Uh, obviously, the big news there is, is the, the late flip of Keldrick Falk, which David talked about, and I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot of time there. I think this is a room that you still want to see Florida State have much more success on the high school level, but this is where they – this is where – this position has been where they have absolutely excelled in the transfer market and have been able to overcome those deficiencies. Uh, and just as I say that, of course, uh, verse announcing that he's coming back for his second season, huge news and probably the biggest win from the defensive ends. But uh, Lamont green jr. Who we think is an absolute stud uh, did come in a little bit underweight. I, I think in the, when we saw the roster, so we'll see if he's able to add that weight. Uh, Juco, Jaden Jones, who was hurt, uh, but definitely has potential. And then a guy that I think uh, is, is going to be a multi-year guy that you'll see impact at Florida State is Gilbert Edmonds, uh, the South Carolina transfer or Florida State uh, Northeast there. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this is a guy, go watch his Clemson film. He's showed a lot of potential. I think this is a guy that's going to end up being impactful for Florida State. But David, defensive end, uh, kind of a mixed bag overall because of the Falkby commitment. Yeah, and it's, you know, Florida State fans, and, and not just Florida State, a lot of college football fans, they love to dwell on the negative, and this year it was Keldrick Falk. And it's it's frustrating because, you know, had had uh, we, we kind of knew that it was going to hinge on who Auburn hired to replace Brian Harson. And of course they hired, you know, a lethal recruiter and that lethal recruiter kept the position coaches he needed to and brought in some other guys. And, uh, you know, darn it, it was just, it was too much too late to overcome. Otherwise I do think Falk would, would be a seminal. Uh, and of course what makes it worse is rivals and all these other sites are of course now raving about him after the all-star and I'm sure he'll wind up a freaking five-star or whatever, just to stick it to Florida state. But um, you know, whatever, can't, can't cry over what you never had. And, and what Florida state does have coming in is still very respectable. And, 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 you know, believe it or not, the first guy I'm going to talk about actually is, is the Juco Jones coming in. Um, he was hurt and dealt with a lot of, with injury stuff, which I really think impacted his, his ability to be ranked properly. Um, when you look at him, I think if he had had a full season of, 
of uh, being productive and all that stuff. I think you're looking at a four-star guy. And I think you're looking at somebody who comes in, you know, again, assuming he's able to, to learn the schemes and, and, you know, do well with weight and all that stuff. I think he's an immediate contributor. I think he's in that rotation right away. Um, and I think that four state fans who may be casual, you know, recruiting followers are going to look at him and be like, the hell did that guy come from? Like, who is this? This is a good player. Um, boots. We, we love us some boots and uh, he's definitely going to need to gain some weight. We know that he's, he's already in very good shape from, from his father's workouts that he puts him through, but uh, boots is going to need to be able to gain some weight and, and keep that on while still keeping his athleticism and everything. And we're confident he'll do that. Um, but I think he's going to be a good one down the line, NFL future for sure. And yeah, Gilbert Elman, Edmund from, um, you know, Florida State Columbia campus, I guess you could call it. And a uh, lovely little one-way pipeline flowing down from South Carolina. Um, very exciting about him because he's he's got some good production. As Tim said, you look at his film and you see some flashes of, of what could be a very good player. Um, but he's still raw enough to where John Papuchis and, and his boys can can really work with Gilbert and and get him competent and, and beyond that. And so I'm excited about this defensive end class. Obviously, you know, the when you lose the crown jewel, it takes a little bit of shine off the crown, but you're still bringing in some really good talent. And, you know, perhaps this position group more than anybody else from the from, you know, high school up through transfer, you've got some pretty significant early contributors, I think. Yeah. And I know people are going to bag on the staff for losing Keldrick Flock, but I really think they did all they could. Like they got him on campus that final weekend. They thought like, okay, we, we neutralized Auburn. We're good. And then he drove home and his mom's like, Hey, why don't you go to Auburn and go collect a bag or two? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do. And, and Hugh freeze is going to play that game and it is what it is. Like, and he also, for whatever reason, the kid wasn't honest about what was going on. Like he yeah. said, it would take, he said it was going to take something major and this, that, and and relationships were all that mattered. And, and dude, you didn't have relationships with freeze and, and the deep, the new de- defensive line coach. Like, don't, don't come with that, but you know, all power to him and his family. Like I've got no problem with people going chasing a bag and, and, and staying home to play. And what, you know, it was just a, one of the situations where everything aligned, but um Yeah. Um, also disappointed at that, that 206 pounds when I saw from, from boots, I'm hoping that maybe it was a Florida state typo. Well, that was a little bit shocking to see that on the roster today. Um, but a very bright future, as David mentioned, Jaden Jones is a kid that Auburn and Tennessee and other programs are coming after, um, even without a ton of film. Uh, I think Florida state got a steal there. I think that's a kid reminds me of like a, a Jared verse out of Albany, like very raw, and give coach JP and those guys some time to work with him. I think that kid's going to then turn to a sudden. I really like the pickup of Edmund as well. I think that kid is a kid that knows how to play the position and already has a good division one body. Defensive end is, is got a lot of uh, interesting players to throw at that position over these next few years. Uh, last, last spot here. Uh, let's talk about the defensive line on the interior uh, on the high school side. Again, a position you would still like to see Florida State have more success and add more bodies, um, but they are they are finding guys that are, are good players. Obviously, uh, Lions and Thomas have been more impressive than than I think their ratings have been in, in according to practice reports. Uh, Ao Tafasi 
is just built like an absolute monster. Uh, and then this year they picked up Keith Sampson out of Carolina. Uh, and this was a kid uh, that similar to Falk could have stayed home, uh, got a lot of pressure to stay home, but still stuck with Florida state. And I think this is a guy that, that uh, probably not going to obviously see him year one, but he's going to have an impact for Florida state down the road. And then of course, uh, hit some home runs in the transfer portal uh, with, with, with Fisk and uh, not Miami Hurricanes, uh, Daryl Jackson. So, Josh, I want to start with you real quick to kind of wrap us up on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I feel like this was a win overall with what they did. Still need some help in the high school rankings, but overall uh, a big class for them on the interior defensive line. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the overall theme for the night is knock the transfer portal absolutely out of the park. High school was solid, but going forward, the high school recruiting just needs to continue to get better. But And and I won't mention, like, oh, like, last class, Travis Hunter from Georgia, and you lost him, and now Keldrick Fox from Alabama. Like, stop recruiting kids from out of state. Okay, so you don't want Florida State to recruit Blake Nicholson? You don't want him to recruit Keith Sampson? You don't want him to recruit Jaden Jones? I mean, like, you don't want him to recruit Brock Brock Glenn? Like, you have to recruit everywhere. And sometimes you lose kids from from out of state, but – it's not like Florida's loaded at every single position. So that's just kind of me getting on my soapbox for a second. But Keith Sampson's a nice high school get. And then those two defensive tackles in the transfer portal, different types of players, but both A-plus gets for Florida State. Ooh, buddy, FSU and those transfer portal defensive linemen, good, great. So Braden Fisk is I, – I, I still feel like it's kind of, – again, I go back and I'm like, you think about these guys – I mean, it seemed like every other day Florida State was pulling in a stud defender from the transfer portal. I mean, you get Cypress, you get Fisk, you get all these guys, and I'm like, man. So Braden Fisk is a future NFL player. There's no doubt about that. And Florida State was able to beat out some significant national powers for his signature, and I, I am so excited about him. He's plug-and-play, and and. and Man, the rotation with, with Lovett coming back. I mean, we, I, I could gush over it for a while, but Fisk, Florida State fans are going to absolutely love him. He's got an incredible motor. Uh, I mean, he just, he's a smart guy and man, he just mauls people. And then, oh man, Daryl Jackson, I'll tell you, I, I, you know, if I had been in a coma and woken up and I'd still probably would have been, Oh, is he going to Miami? Is he going to Florida state? Where's his location? Is he in central Florida? If he's in central Florida, is he closer to Miami or Florida? I, it's just, it's amazing the twists and turns that came through that recruitment, but I'm so glad that he was able to land at Florida state and going to be able to, you know, play eventually right next to his buddy, George farmer or Josh farmer, excuse me. And, and uh, just such a cool story that he took the long way to get Florida State, but he got there, and he's an absolute wall of a man. I mean, he's he's also another future NFL player. And then Keith Sampson, what a lovely surprise. I had him pegged that he was going to flip. I thought for sure he was going to flip because I guess Keith, Keldrick Falk fooled me into believing his words where I did not give Samson enough credit when I should have been believing Samson's word. Um, I thought for sure North Carolina State was going to flip him, but he ended up pulling trigger for the good guys, and it's a good get. His he led his team to a national cha- or, uh, state championship uh, in North Carolina, and so very very excited to get him in the fold. Um, he's somebody I'm excited to see with some really good coaching 
and some time in the strength and conditioning program, I think he can absolutely be a reliable starter for you. And then just when you mentioned someone like Samson or Connor and Hussey, like great job by the staff to get these guys to sign early, even if they're not enrolling early, because I just, uh, you don't have to worry about the next three months trying to hold on to them. And especially in today's day and age of recruiting. And boy, is that a trend we're seeing in, in all of Mike Norvell's recruiting classes this staff pushes these guys to sign early. They do not want to deal with the crap that happens not signing early. So that's something we're going to see every year, and I love it. I'm here for it. Well, that's it, boys. That's the, uh, that's, that is our thoughts, the, uh, the Florida State Recruiting Podcast, the three stars, our thoughts on the 2022 Florida State class. Uh, check out our last podcast if you missed it for the offensive side. This was our defensive thoughts. Uh, We're going to go one more three for three to talk about this upcoming weekend, uh, hopefully coming out here Saturday morning for you. But uh, until next time, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, leave us a rating of five stars, tell your friends and your family uh, about the three stars, the Florida State Recruiting Podcast. Check us out on Tomahawk Nation. We're always there for all your recruiting needs. Um, So, Josh, anything to to add? You you unmuted yourself. (laughs) You look like you're ready to go. No, just hit hit up Tomahawk Nation podcast, subscribe, five stars. Like, that's very, very important. Keep doing that. Keep listening. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. So for Josh Pick, for David Stout, I'm Tim Allenball. We have been to three stars. Let's keep climbing.